This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Inna alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiru, wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati amalina, man yahdihi allahu falamudillalah, wa man yudlil falahadiyalah, وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار الله سبحانه وتعالى has made it very easy for the believer to do good deeds in a hadith narrated by one of the companions that the messenger of Allah عليه الصلاة والسلام he said that verily Allah سبحانه وتعالى has recorded good and evil deeds and he's made them clear the one who intends to do a good deed but doesn't carry that good deed out, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards the person with one good deed. And the one who intends to do a good deed and carries out that good deed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards them ten times for that single good deed, up to 700 times and maybe even more. And the one who intends to do an evil deed but doesn't carry out that sin, that evil deed he wanted to commit, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards him with one good deed because he never went through committing that sin. And the one who intends to do a sin and carries out that sin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives him and records it as one sin, just one sin. This hadith alone, brothers and sisters, shows us the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It shows us how easy Allah azza wa jal has made it for the slave to do good deeds. It's not something difficult. And on top of this, the types of good deeds the slave can do, the types of deeds and actions a person can perform that are rewardable and pleasing to Allah are varied. It's not like there's one specific way of worshipping Allah. And so a person can choose from salah and fasting and giving charity, etc. And then there are other ways in which a person can earn the reward and the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We know the hadith of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, when he said, Nothing will weigh heavier on the scale of good deeds on the day of judgment than good manners. An individual, maybe he was falling short with his salawat while he was alive. He was struggling to perform his five daily prayers. Maybe he never fasted regularly in the month of Ramadan. Maybe he was 
falling short in giving charity on a daily basis or even his zakah. But if this person, every time a person interacted with him, every time someone met him, they would leave and they would say, this person, I've never met someone like him that has the same excellent manners that he possesses. This kind of individual with those kinds of exemplary manners that he portrays and he reflects and shows towards others, that act and that those mannerisms which he possesses, that good manners that he has, could be the result of him entering paradise, even though he's falling short in other acts of worship, in other, in other things. We know also other ways that a person can earn the reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The one who directs someone to doing something good will be, will be like the one who did it himself. If he directs someone and teach, some, teach someone something from the sunnah, teach someone, for example, the Qur'an, or something else from the Islamic teachings, every time he does that thing, he'll be rewarded, and you'll be rewarded, and the reward won't be diminished for any one of you. And we also know that there are certain things that we can say. As a result of us moving our tongues and saying those things, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards us. From, from the greatest things a person can say that he will be rewarded for is the recitation of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Whoever recites a letter from the book of Allah, he will be rewarded with a good deed, and that good deed will be multiplied up to ten times. I don't mean alif lamim is a letter, but alif is a letter, and lam is a letter, and mim is a letter. A person sits and he recites just those three letters. With the intention of Allah's reward, he could potentially be earning 30 good deeds, brothers and sisters. It's the day of Friday, and the recitation of the Qur'an, more specifically recitation of Surah Kahf, is something we're familiar with. Maybe some of us were sitting here right now reciting this surah, or reciting other passages of the Qur'an for a few minutes. Imagine the amount of pages you recited, the amount of lines you recited. Now imagine the amount of letters that are on each line of each page that you recited. Look at how easy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the deen Look at how easy it is for a person to earn good deeds. Also, we know that the messenger of Allah, والسلام, he would make adhkar on a regular basis. Things which are easy for the tongue to do. They're light on the tongue, but they're heavy on the scale. So many different adhkar. One of those adhkar, brothers and sisters, is what I wanted to focus on today. And this dhikr is a dhikr that's narrated by Juwariya bint al-Harith, Ummul Mu'mineen, the mother of the believers, radiallahu anha. And she said that one day, the messenger of Allah left the house to perform the Fajr prayer. And I performed the Fajr prayer in my home, and I stayed in my place. She was doing adhkar. She was remembering Allah after the Fajr prayer. And she said that the messenger of Allah he came back to the house in the afternoon. And she was still in the place where she was when she had started her salah and finished and ended her salah. She was sitting in the same place. And so the messenger of Allah he said to her, are you in the same place that you were in when I left you? She said, yes. 
And this was the nature of the companions. They would take advantage of the mornings, not by worrying about the wealth or worrying about how one's going to sustain their means of income, but they would spend their mornings remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They would start their mornings with their dhikr of Allah azza wa jal. So he said to her, are you still in the same place that you were in when I left you? And she said, yes. He said, verily, I recited four phrases three times. If you were to weigh them with everything that you've been saying, these would weigh heavier. And he said, Subhanallah wa bihamdi, adada khalqi, warida nafsi, wa zinata arshi, wa midada kalimati. This simple phrase, the Messenger of Allah, he would recite on a daily basis three times every single morning. And this simple phrase was something which had so much virtue, it has so much status, that it was weighing more and it weighs more than someone who does other adhkar in the morning. And of course, Juwayri radiallahu anha will be rewarded for the efforts that she made. She'll be rewarded for the adhkar that she did. But this hadith shows us the virtue and the status of this dhikr. How valuable this dhikr is. Simply a person reciting this three times every single morning. Subhanallah wa bihamdi, adada khalqi, warida nafsi, wa zinata arshi, wa midada kalimati. The amount of reward this person will receive is something which is being explained in this hadith. But what does this dhikr mean? Why is it something which is so valuable? Why does it have so much virtue? Why was it something that would weigh more than anything else and everything else Juwariya radiallahu anha was reciting and the other dhikr that she was doing in the morning? This dhikr, brothers and sisters, is a dhikr that I want to go through. And for those of us who are aware of this dhikr, Sometimes we recite things, but we're not fully aware of exactly what we're saying. There's a hadith, there's adhkar, ayat of the Qur'an. When we're not familiar with whatever it, is, whatever it is that we're reciting, whether it's from the Qur'an, whether it's adhkar, it doesn't have the same impact. It doesn't have the same meaning. We don't give it as much value. The Messenger of Allah, والسلام, in this dhikr, he begins by saying, Subhanallah wa bihamdi. All glory and praise is to him. All of the praise and the thanks that we could possibly give, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is deserving of all of it. And this is why when we recite Surah Al-Fatiha, numerous times every single day, we begin by saying, Alhamdulillah. All praise. The praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No one and nothing else is more deserving of praise than Allah Azza wa Jal. All of praise belongs to Him. Subhanallah wa bihamdi. All glory and praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is nothing which is more deserving of praise. There is nothing more glorious than Allah Azza wa Jal Himself. And if we were just to ponder over the blessings which Allah Azza wa Jal has given us, there are too many for us to be able to count. If you were to count the blessings of Allah, you wouldn't be able to do so. So many blessings. From the great blessings down to the smallest, tiniest blessings of you simply sitting here in the masjid, listening and seeing me. These are blessings from the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't think about on a regular basis. 
It's not something that we're continuously thankful for, and it's from those things which we take for granted, just like other blessings which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. So no doubt, subhanallah wa bihamdi, all glory and praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Adada khalqi, as much as is the number of his creation, how much praise and glory does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deserve, as much as is the number of his creation. If we were to reflect, brothers and sisters, on how many human beings Allah Azza wa Jal has created from the beginning of time, from Adam alayhi salam up till today, and how many more will be created until the day of judgment. It's something you can't quantify. You can't put a number on it. And then you have the animals from the beginning of time till the end. And then you think about the creation of Allah Azza wa Jal, Adada Khalqi, the number of all of His creation, the plants, the trees, the mountains, the lakes, the oceans. You think about the sun and the moon and the stars and the planets, the universe, everything that we're familiar with. And it's something, again, we can't put a number on. It's something that human beings up till today are still discovering, planets and galaxies. On top of this, you have things which the human eye can't even see. The angels which we know the number of. Or as he has told us in a hadith, the immense number of them is so great that every single day, 70,000 angels go up into the heavens to visit the house of Allah in paradise, Bayt al-Ma'mur, and they never return ever again. This gives us an idea of the number of angels which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created. A creation from the creation of Allah that we don't even see. The jinn. And then you have hellfire and paradise. You have this creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, these creations of Allah azza wa jal, that an individual can't number. You can't put a limit on the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are things that we're not even aware of. And he has created things which you don't even know about. Subhanallah wa bihamdi, adada khalqi. All glory and praises to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as much as is the number of his creation. nafsi, In a manner that he is pleased with. What benefit is there for a person to offer his salawat, to give charity, to fast, to read the Quran, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala isn't pleased with his efforts? An individual, when he does things for his parents, for his family, for his boss even at work, he wants to see the pleasure on their faces from the efforts which he's made. And there's a rewardable feeling. A person feels like as if he's being appreciated. There's a feel-good factor surrounding people being pleased with you when you do things for them. Why would an individual do good deeds if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself isn't recognizing those deeds? if those deeds aren't even being accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَرِضَى نَفْسِ This praise and all of these adhkar that we make, all of these acts of worship that we do, we want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ultimately to be able to be pleased with the efforts that we're making, to be able to be happy with the efforts that we're making in this dunya, trying to worship Him, doing whatever we can. And it's something which is never going to be enough. But as long as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with our actions, 
as long as Allah Azza wa Jal is rewarding our efforts, that's what every single Muslim and believer hopes. That at the end of the day, on the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward us for the efforts that we make. All glory and praises to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As much as is the number of his creation. In a manner that he is pleased with. As long as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with it, this is our ultimate goal, this is our ultimate objective. Equal to the weight of his throne. And what will make us think, brothers and sisters, and realize what the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is like. How great and glorious the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. There are narrations of the companions that talk about the heavens. And they say that between each heaven is a distance of 500 years. Between the first heaven and the second heaven is a distance of 500 years. And likewise, between the second and the third heaven. And all the way up to the seventh heaven. And then above the seventh heaven, you have water. And only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what kind of water this is, how it's suspended above the heavens. 500 years between each of the heavens, brothers and sisters, 500 years journey. One can only begin to imagine the vastness, the greatness of the heavens. 500 years between each one. Above the water, you have the kursi, the footstool, the kursi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And above the footstool, you have the throne of Allah Azza wa Jal. The Messenger of Allah alayhi salatu wasalam, he told us that the throne of Allah Azza wa Jal, compared to the kursi of Allah Azza wa Jal, is like a ring being thrown into the desert. The kursi is like the ring being thrown into the desert. And the desert is like the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's no comparison between the two. The scholars, they say, the kursi is simply a step towards the throne of Allah Azza wa Jal. You think about the distance between the heavens of 500 years. What about the throne of Allah Azza wa Jal? And the, the, the size of the kursi compared to the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's something which the human mind can't comprehend. And it's mentioned in this dhikr. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is deserving of so much glory and praise that it's equal to the weight of his throne. The weight of that throne is something which we can't even imagine. The amount of glory and praise Allah is deserving of is something which we can't comprehend, is something we can't even appreciate, we can't even do physically in our lives. Even if we were to worship Allah every single day, non-stop, continuously until the day we die. The Messenger of Allah, والسلام, he told us in a hadith, I have been given permission to describe to you one of the angels carrying the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The distance between the shoulder and the earlobe of this angel is 700 years journey. 700 years journey between the shoulder and the earlobe of one of the angels carrying the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If one was to travel for 700 years, he would go from here to here. And this shows us the size of the angels. If that's the distance between the shoulder and the earlobe of this angel, what about the size of the angel itself? And that's one of the angels of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if that's the size of the angels, 
how huge, how great is the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala itself. Equal to the weight of his throne. Something which we can't even encompass. All glory and praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is deserving of as much as we can even, as much as we can imagine or as much as we can't, something we can't even imagine. It's something we can't put a number on. That's how much glory and praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is deserving of. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, he ended this dhikr by saying, and equal to the amount of ink that may be used to write his words. And if we contemplate and we think of the weight of the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, these are the words of Allah Azza wa Jal that when the Messenger of Allah would be given revelation when the speech of Allah, when the words of Allah would come down to the Prophet he would start to perspire even if the weather was cold. The feeling of wahi coming down to the Messenger of Allah was so intense that he would sweat in cold weather in the winter. The weight of the words was so great that when the Messenger of Allah was on a camel and we know how much camels can bear and how many loads a camel can take. If revelation came down while the messenger of Allah was on a camel, the camel couldn't even move. In fact, the camel would have to sit down. Really, we are going to send down to you heavy words. The speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not something that we can understand or comprehend its greatness and its weight and the intensity of the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the words of Allah azza wa jal coming down to the messenger of Allah والسلام, shows us the value of the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as much ink as may be used to write the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah kahf a surah that we are supposed to recite on Fridays those of us who have recited this or are familiar with this surah, we know at the end of this surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in fact talks about his words and talks about the seas becoming ink. Say if the seas were ink to write the speech or the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The seas would become exhausted before the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would be exhausted. Even if we were to bring the same amount of seas again to write the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are so great, no amount of ink, even if it were the seas that were ink to write the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, none of it would be sufficient, adequate to write the words of Allah azza wa jal. As much ink that may be used to write his words. And the seas, twofold, wouldn't be enough to write the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of this, brothers and sisters, all of these descriptions, all of these comparisons in this dhikr are simply for us to be able to understand Allah's praise and Allah's glory. How much he is deserving of praise and glory. How glorious and almighty Allah Azza wa Jal truly is. أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم إنه الغفور الرحيم.
بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين Brothers and sisters, we were talking about how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it easy for a person to do good deeds and it's something which if a person was committed to them he could in fact earn a lot of good deeds uh, through simple means and he would take little effort on his part to earn the pleasure and the reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we mentioned the hadith of how a person who does or intends to do a good deed but doesn't do that good deed, Allah rewards him with one complete good deed. When he intends to do a good deed and he carries out that good deed, Allah rewards that person 10 times over, up to 700 times and maybe even more. And when he intends to do an evil deed but he doesn't do that deed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards him with one good deed. He's rewarded for not doing, a good, not doing a sin which he intended to do. And when a person intends to do a sin and he carries out that sin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala records, records it as one complete sin. Just one sin. And this shows us the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We mentioned how easy it is for a person to earn Allah's reward, to earn good deeds, simply by the things he says. How a person can recite the Qur'an and for every single letter he recites, he'll be given 10 good deeds. We mentioned this dhikr that we explained when the Messenger of Allah والسلام, saw Juwariya radiallahu anha doing her adhkar in, in the afternoon and she was there from the morning after Fajr sitting there in the same place. And he said to her, verily I recited four phrases, three times. If you were to say those things and if you were to compare those with everything you've said, these would weigh heavier. Subhanallah wa bihamdi, adada khalqi, warida nafsi, wazina ta'arshi, wa midada kalimati. Brothers and sisters, this dhikr is something which is of so much value and it's something which is very easy to learn. In fact, the number of times I've mentioned this dhikr in this khutbah, maybe some of us who weren't familiar with this dhikr have picked up a few words. How long and how much effort would it take for us to learn this piece of dhikr? A few minutes, five or ten minutes, compare the amount of time it would take you to learn this dhikr with the amount of reward you'll receive every time you say this dhikr three times in the morning. From the day that you learn it until the day that you pass away. There is no comparison. It's a no-brainer. This dhikr is something which I encourage every single one of us to be able to learn. I encourage every single one of us to learn this dhikr and to recite it on a daily basis in the morning. To remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when one wakes up and to earn this easy reward, to earn so much reward, to have one scale of good deeds heavy with something so light on the tongue. I advise myself and everybody else to not just learn this dhikr for ourselves, but to teach it to our own family members. As we mentioned, The one who directs someone to good is as if he's done it himself. So imagine you teaching your family members this same dhikr. Every time somebody else says this, says this dhikr as a result of you teaching them, you'll be rewarded as if you said it yourself. As well as them being rewarded fully. Without the reward being diminished for each person. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he gives us the ability to be able to learn this dhikr. 
and that we understand and we comprehend its meaning and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the strength and the ability to be able to say this dhikr three times every single morning. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala ali Muhammad kama sallaita ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim wa inna ka hamidun majid Allahumma barik ala Muhammadin wa ala ali Muhammad kama barakta ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim wa inna ka hamidun majid Allahumma gfir lil muslimina wal muslimat wal mu'minina wal mu'minat al ahya'i minhum wal amwat inna Allah ya'murukum bil adli wal ihsan this recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.